Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages, whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. I am so excited to be talking to my next guest for the Aristotle podcast, all the way from Australia. Um, I first met her in 2017, working on a shoot with Ashley Graham and Swimsuits for All in the Bahamas. And I have loved watching her career grow in the last three years. So it's time to meet one of Australia's top models and one of my body confidence icons, Stephanie Ferraro. So morning, welcome Stefania. Oh, thank you for having me. Good morning to you. And um, what time is it here? It's 6.20 p.m. <laughs> yeah, so you're in Melbourne, aren't you? Melbourne, yep. So what's lockdown like for you in Melbourne right now? Um, well, we can only really leave for the essentials. You're allowed to see one person to do exercise with as long as you maintain distance. Um, I mean, for me, it's not too much different because I do a lot of work from home anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a real shake up to the system. You know, yeah. it makes you feel it's sort of a bit of a reality check. Yeah, but you're looking really well and I'm so pleased to see you on here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Oh, it's a pleasure. The, the, uh, the, the uh, kind of technology has been amazing during this time and it's forced me to get out of my comfort zone and do zoom so it's really good yeah you end up doing things you wouldn't normally do I the other week I did a zoom photo shoot where the photographer and took screenshots as she was guiding me into what poses to do and she'd screenshot it and then she'd say all right tilt your head that way a little bit screenshot it (laughs) how did it work did you like the photos I loved them. They were they looked really cool and they had this really grainy look to them because they were shot over um, through the phone's camera and so yeah. they had a bit of this sort of look. It looked it looked really cool. It was different. Brilliant. Well I'm looking forward to you sharing those. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know you, how do you describe yourself? Um I'd describe myself as a bubbly twenty-six year old. A model with an English descent. Um, I love to express myself through photos and modeling is really sort of my passion. And am I right in thinking that you knew when from quite an early age that you wanted to get into modeling? Well apparently ever since I was about four years old my preschool teachers were saying that every time there was a camera out I would jump in front of it right. and I would do performances and things. Um, but I was 16 when I decided that I wanted to pursue modeling and go down that path. And what was it, do you think, that attracted you to it in the first place? Um, I think it was the performance side of things. Like, I'm quite an exhibitionist and I love to show off. So the idea of being able to, yeah, be in front of a camera and perform, I think, was what sort of drew me to it. And, and the how, simplicity is to photograph as well. Yeah. I mean, I think photography is such a beautiful part of art. That's what I really like about it, being able to create pieces of art, really. Mm, and it's also... I guess you don't really think about it, 
but it's also a really new sort of art form. It hasn't been around for that long compared to, I suppose, like painting and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's a really fantastic means of expressing yourself. So because you were at quite a young age going into the modeling industry, how difficult was it? Because it is quite a harsh industry. There's a lot of rejection. And, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it was really hard. I didn't actually think that I would ever be able to break into it. It took me four years to book my first paid job. Right. And yeah, what was the so first job? Doors and just, yeah, just trying to get into the industry, getting rejected. Um, but I just spent that whole time doing photos and I guess getting comfortable in front of the camera. So when I did finally break in, I think it was the right time. Yeah. But what was your first job? It was a campaign for Target, a national series of television commercials with Gok One, which you would know very well in yeah. Um, England. Yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> Did it have a, a knock-on effect on your body confidence though when you kept getting rejected all the time? Oh yeah, for sure. I always thought um, that I was never slim enough. I thought it's something that I need to change as opposed to the industry needing to change. I felt mm -hmm. like I had to change to fit in the industry and I, um, I was always trying to lose weight. Yeah, I was a bit obsessed with trying to get my weight down. I was told I need to lose it and I always felt a bit funny going into agencies because I always felt like I looked too big and they were thinking that I looked too big mm. but um, yeah I didn't even know that plus size modeling was a thing until I think I was 19 or 20 when I found out it even existed right and there was a market for different body types yeah. so what was that was there a kind of moment when you thought actually do you know what this is the size I am this is the shape I am and you have an amazing body Oh, Did, was there a time when you just thought, you know what, this is who I am and they're going to have to work with me and accept me? Um, I think what happened was I got a photographer here in Melbourne called Peter Coulson, um, really sort of took me under his wing and accepted me and my body type the way it was. And then when I got the target job, and then I got another job shortly after that with Dina Montese Lingerie. Um, and having that series of, uh, I guess, support from the photographer and from those jobs sort of helped me decide that, no, I am fine the way I am. I'm going to accept it. And other clients will accept it because, yeah, I guess that, that probably helped a lot. So it didn't entirely come from within me. I did have mm -hmm. that outside support as well. I wanted to talk to you about the Dita Fontese because I absolutely adore her. I think she's amazing. I was meant to go see her in Manchester next month for my 50th, but obviously with all this, she's had to go <sighs> yes, cancelled. Yeah. But how does it feel to be now in a position where you are working with such kind of iconic females? Um, it it does, still doesn't feel real. Like... Mm. <laughs> um yeah it's uh it's a, str it's a strange feeling and I'm very appreciative of it and um I still wonder you know why me <laughs> um but I'm yeah I love it and I count my blessings for I mean you, you all your images you just kind of exude body confidence and when we did the swimsuits for all shoot three years ago that was one of my first jobs and I remember being so so nervous and you were amazing because I was, thank god you were there because you were so warm and reassuring and you just gave my confidence a massive boost but do you have wobbles do you ever have wobbles oh yeah I mean just before this interview I had wobbles like <laughs> I, I definitely get nervous um leading up to things um but it's funny you should say that I help because 
I found that during that photo shoot that you inspired me so much during that photo shoot and I will never forget it because you made me feel like I can be beautiful even as I grow older or my hair changes and I look forward to it now. And it was, um, it was really inspiring to see someone so beautiful that you don't often get to see, unfortunately, in the model modeling industry. I feel like we often see teens and 20 somethings, which I don't find particularly empowering. So to have you there at the photo shoot and to model beside me was such an empowering experience. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. I, I won't forget it either. That was kind of, if I don't do anything else in my career, that's one of my absolute highlights. It was so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of the industry, do you think it is changing? Because I know back in 2015, you did a, a campaign to, about drop the plus size. Yeah. How's that? Do you think you've seen changes and what was the campaign about? So basically it was just about um, not referring to models that weren't sort of the standard mm. um, in, in different terms. So for example, if you had a model that was a size 12 instead of the standard size eight, they were always sort of labeled instead of just accepted and called a model. So I, um, I would just push for them to, especially the media. It wasn't so much within the industry, but the media would always refer to models that were, you know, a size 10, 12 and up as plus size all the time. And yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Putting that message out to everyone, just call them a model and have the photo there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was just about, yeah, dropping the term plus size in front of model all the time. And I think we have seen massive changes, like even on the boards and um, in different agencies, they no longer really have the term plus size if there is a term it's generally curve or curvy which doesn't have the same connotations and it doesn't mean bigger than a particular standard or norm yeah. um, so that's fantastic and i think the next thing i really want to see is um age diversity uh but i don't i think i've noticed a bit of a movement towards it because i think we've definitely done a good job tackling the size diversity yeah but um, what have you noticed in terms of yeah, age diversity? You I, there's a big trend. I think definitely the, the, the kind of, there is a move now definitely towards curve model. I don't, you don't really use a, the, hear the term plus size very often. But in terms of ageism, I think we've still got a long way mm. to go. But I think it's changing yeah. slowly. Um, I think that you know, brands have got to start listening to consumers and women my age want to be represented and seen you know, on the high street. So I think it'll come but I think it's, we're, we're at the beginning of it and it's going to take quite a long time. I hope it doesn't take a long time because it just, it blows my mind when they're often the uh, demographic that has the majority of disposable income as well. Yeah. Like you don't have people in their teens or twenties with lots of money to spend on fashion or high-end fashion. And so they're targeting a different demographic from what they're representing in the photos, which yeah. I think is appalling. And I think it should change hopefully fast. Um, but yeah, it's a shame to hear that you think that it's pretty, it's pretty slow moving. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think in terms of fashion and that, that, that there's definitely been changes, but I think, you know, cause I love modeling lingerie and swimwear, for instance, and you just don't see very mm. often women in their forties and fifties getting the opportunity to model swimwear. And I think it's really important because we need to recognize that as you get older, you can still feel great on the, you know, in the beach and in your lingerie and that we've all got different, you know, our bodies change, but it's okay. We're not, we're not kind of written off to one side just because we're over 50. So I still think yeah, from that, from that we've, we've got a long way to go, but it's yeah, worth especially sexuality and feeling sexy. It's almost like you're not allowed to after a certain age. It, yeah. It, it 
society, which is awful because, you know, women of all ages or people of all ages um, is just, it, yeah, it blows my mind. It's, um, we definitely live in a very ageist society and it almost seems acceptable to be ageist as well. Yeah. Like I noticed in articles and things, it's okay. Like you see them talking about Madonna, for example, and the way they speak about her in articles. It's just like, that wouldn't be okay if you were talking about, about um, other things in our society, but age, it's like, it seems to be people have free reign to say what they want over it. Yeah. I mean, talking about expressing your sexuality, you do some amazing, really creative, artistic um, nude shots, really. Um, how, does, how does your family feel about that? Have they, has everyone been really supportive? Um, well, <laughs> so my mum, she's Italian and quite traditional. And even though she would often, I grew up and she would often be in the nude and she had no problem with nudity. I think um, the putting the nudity out to the public, she found though pretty hard to accept. It's like, okay, in the household maybe, but you know, out in public. Um, so she, to begin with, she really struggled with it, but now I think she's really come to accept it and appreciate it to an extent. Yeah. Whereas my dad, on the other hand, I think he's always sort of appreciated it because he's always been an artist and he's, mm. I, you know, I grew up with my dad and he had books with, with art nude references in them. So for him being in the art world, it's almost normal. So he understood it a fair bit more and um, certainly appreciates it. But it was my mum that took a little bit of time to warm up to it. Yeah. I mean, you have got a massive following now I and mean, you've nearly got a million followers on Instagram, which is just <laughs> amazing. Do you, have, do you have times where you just think, oh my God, I've put myself so much out there into the social media world. How difficult is it to keep something back of yourself? Um, well, I quite love being in the public eye. And like I, I said earlier in the interview, I'm quite the exhibitionist and performer. So I don't mind that so much. The only thing is that I'm worried if, I don't know, there's a controversy or something happens, um, if there's no sort of escaping it. So my fear, I guess, is perhaps for the future and what that might hold. But as it is, I've got sort of no qualms in putting myself out there and I don't really feel the need to hold back uh, uh, too much. I guess it's just that fear when you see um, public figures getting ripped down by the, by the masses sometimes. It's, it's, and they can be very cruel. I guess that's yeah. my, my only concern. Do you have a kind of strong female following that give you a lot of support and because I think you're really inspiring from from my point of view I see your body confidence and what you're doing and how you push yourself and that inspires me to to think well I, I know come on Rachel step it up a bit you can do this you must be doing having the same impact on on other women um yeah I get a lot of commentaries uh and messages from women it's about 40 percent women mm. on my social medias and so there's, it's majority men, uh, which I don't mind as well. Uh, a lot of them are artists too, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of lovely messages coming through from them. And that definitely helps in turn inspire me as well yeah. to continue going. And let's talk about Melbourne Fashion Week, which is another groundbreaking thing that you did. Last year you became, did you become the first Curve model to be an ambassador for Fashion Week? Yeah, I think I was the first, um, what size 12, 14 ever to be um, an ambassador for a fashion week, I think in the world even, wow. um, which was, yeah, that was very exciting. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what, why me? It's that sort of that thing again where it's, you just, yeah, it's reality is strange. It's 
Um, but no, that was very exciting. This year, um, I almost walked my first walk for Virgin Melbourne Australian Fashion Week and I went to the fitting and then just before it happened, it got cancelled because of Corona. Oh, oh no. Oh, so maybe maybe when it comes back up again, you'll get that slot. That would be amazing. Yeah, maybe. I'll, work, I'll walk in my first Virgin Australia Fashion Week. <laughs> I look forward to that. Do you suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes still? Oh, yeah, I probably. Well, I never really thought about it. But now that you've said it and also just the way I've been speaking, it's like, yeah, probably a little bit, I guess. Well, how do you overcome that? Um, I don't know. I, I'm, there's sort of this thing where I feel like, you know, no, I'm, I'm really good at my art form. I practice it all the time. I'm really devoted to it. I should be able to achieve it and feel good about it. But then at the same time, I'm like, but there's so many other people that are just as deserving and just as good. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know how I do. How do you, do you, do you suffer from it? Yeah, really badly. But I think because I'm really passionate about it and I love doing what I'm doing, I think that drives me forward. So even if I'm really struggling, the end kind of game is always in my mind. I think I wonder if it's a similar thing because you're so passionate about what you do and even if you weren't if even if you never got a contract again with modeling you would still do the photographs oh 100% I just keep on going (laughs) you love it so much so I guess if you really enjoy what you're doing even if it is anxiety sometimes and gets you to question yourself then I think it helps drive you 100% that's probably what it is I just I'm focusing on creating beautiful photos and not necessarily what's happening around it yeah other than the creation what advice could you give to to women out there that might be struggling with their own body confidence oh my gosh I suppose just don't fight your body and your body shape is probably the biggest one I'd give because for so many years I was always trying to restructure the way my body looked you know I wanted to be 10 kilos, 15 kilos less. Um, And I was always sort of fighting that. And I feel like my body fought back. And when I finally accepted it, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time because you still might feel a bit uncomfortable with the way it is, but eventually you do end up accepting it. And you don't want to be battling eating disorders. You don't want to be, um, you know, putting your body through that. And it's so much easier said than done. Mm. I guess you also need perhaps, you know, you need that support around you as well. But I guess the biggest thing is just don't fight the way your body is built. Yeah. I love that. How ambitious are you for the future? Oh, um, oh, pretty ambitious. Like I've got big goals. I'd love to, I'd love to continue modeling and um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't at the moment have like a specific goal set other than to continue doing what I'm doing um, in terms of creating. I'd love to get into video more, but I guess, yeah, I just keep look, looking at the next step in modeling. It's like reach a new audience, reach a new, I, I don't know, just continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Would you ever have you? I, I have high hopes. Yeah, I'm sure. Would you ever have your own lingerie range? I can just imagine a Stefania lingerie range. I don't think so. Perhaps maybe if it was a bit of a collaboration with a pre-existing lingerie range, but I guess I don't don't really feel the need to um, sort of have a line. I'm also 
believe it or not, maybe it is believable. I'm not particularly savvy when it comes to fashion and design and styling, um, which is also probably part of the reason I do a lot of nudes because I'm like, oh, don't know what outfit to put together. I'll just be nude. Um, so <laughs> probably not. No, is the simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't believe that because I've seen your YouTube videos. Like when you do, is it Black Milk? You, you work a lot with the, the design, the label. You, you're, you've got great style. You look amazing in those videos. Oh, thank you. It's, they, you know, they sent me the outfits and it's also a whole lot of fluking it. I just <laughs> I pretend I know what I'm doing and saying when <laughs> the reality is, it, yeah, the reality couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> What's a typical what? day for Stefania? Um, recently I've been getting up pretty early, like, like at 6.30, going for my um, social distance walk and sitting down on social, maybe editing a video or creating a video. Um, I've been, I filmed a hair tutorial the other day. Um, so I guess just working on social media a lot of the time, if I'm not doing modeling jobs and at the moment, I'm certainly not. Mm. Um, I do a lot of cooking and cleaning, like a lot of, I'm a bit of a housewife as well, to be honest. That's well nice though. Yes. Yeah, it nice. is really nice. I enjoy it. Do you um, think this experience will have changed the way the fashion industry moves forward? Do you think we'll see changes after this where we are doing more from home and using technology more? I think so. I think that it's definitely going to create new pathways in our society. Um, because people are having to think outside of the box and they're mm. having to think of new ways to do things. I'm sure that uh, designers are now booking people on social media to shoot things from home because I know I had my agent contact me and she was asking me, you know, how long does it take you to shoot, say, 10 outfits at home? And how long does it, she was asking all these questions because they're probably getting a lot of clients coming through and asking about booking models to do things from home yeah. on social media. Um, so that it might well sort of feed that social media influencer and people creating the shots themselves instead of going onto sets and having, you know, the photographer there and everything. And there's also a, sort of a demand for more raw, real at home photography. I think with social media, people want to see more natural sort of images. And I think people respond really well to them too mm. on social media. So I think with the industry that it's this, isolation is definitely going to shake it up a little bit and change things yeah now it'll be interesting to see what happens won't it mm, yeah you've worked in obviously you're based in australia you've worked in london you've worked in in america how different are all these countries in terms of fashion and the model industry or are they all pretty much the same well my experiences overseas were not great mm. i um the only work I got when I was based in London was primarily in Milan. Um, I didn't actually have any London-based clients. It was a fabulous experience because I really enjoyed London and I loved living there. And it was probably more of a holiday than anything else and a big money waste. <laughs> um, and especially New York. My God, so much money spent and so little came out of it. But I got to experience New York. Yeah. Um, so for me personally, uh, it was very different overseas. Whereas in Australia, I feel like I have my clients, I have my place in the industry and I book work and it's pretty continuous. So I don't know what it is. I don't know. No, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think I'm probably going to stay based in Australia and especially now also just talking about the fact that clients are booking models 
to do more from home. I yeah. think I'll probably stay based in Australia and I won't try overseas again. And if there are overseas clients that want to work with me, there's always ways around it now with the internet yeah. and booking photographers. My partner does photography as well. So he shoots a lot of my social media shots and campaigns. Um, so there's really no need to go overseas anymore for yeah. me anyway. I'm, I'm going to say it to my agent. I'm like, no, I'm not going overseas. I'm not doing that to myself again. <laughs> well, I look forward to watching everything that you get up to. Last, <laughs> Thank you. Last three questions I ask all the guests. So I know you're a huge music fan. You love music, don't you? Do you have a favourite song that motivates you? Favourite song? I feel like I have favourite songs and then I play them so much that I exhaust them and they're no longer favourite songs. <laughs> um, but my heart when it comes to music is definitely in the eighties. Yeah. I love synth. I love eighties music. Susie Quattro. I adore her. She never gets old for me. Um, yeah. Just my heart's in the eighties. Brilliant. I'm going to go with Susie Quattro. I loved her too. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and what about, do you read much? What about a book that's inspired you? Uh, okay. Well, when I was younger, I was never really into reading until I discovered Paul Jennings. Have you heard of Paul Jennings? No, I haven't. So he writes these fabulous sort of children's stories, but they, they're also, I read them now to kids and I still enjoy them. I think they're amazing. And at the time I found them really inspirational and they got me interested in English and writing in general. And he, just reading him again has made me want to start writing as well during all this isolation. So I mm. want to give it a go writing short stories. So Paul Jennings would be my go-to. Yeah, brilliant. I shall look him up. And what about who inspires you? Oh, probably my parents. Mm. Yay, that's lovely. I think, yeah, I find my parents inspirational. My mum is just incredible. She is an astrophysicist and she's, wow. well, she's a doctor in astrophysics. Um, she lectures in maths at one of the top Australian unis and she comes home and she cooks and she cleans and she's just like a powerhouse. So I find her super inspirational. And my dad, um, I find really inspiring because he's an amazing artist and he creates just fabulous pictures. So he's been a big inspiration for me in terms of modeling and creating art myself. Yeah. So, yeah. And are you doing lots of FaceTime with both of them? Um, <laughs> probably not enough. Dad tried FaceTiming me before and I didn't get back, but, um, yeah, I'll probably call him back soon. We have been, we have been chatting probably a fair bit, but we always talk a lot on the phone anyway. Well, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank again. you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having really me. It's so good to see you. Yeah. And I hope you get through the rest of lockdown, staying well and healthy and keeping busy and yeah, sending lots of love. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right back at you. Visit Stefania over on Instagram at Stefania underscore model and you can subscribe to her YouTube channel Stefania Ferrario and you'll find lots of fashion, body confidence and fitness videos. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble and I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. 
you can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com, or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>